This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The Jay Allen Show is streaming now on safetyfm.live. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Jay Allen Show. Today is Tuesday, May the 12th. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend and things are good in your neck of the woods. As for here at Safety FM, we're having a fantastic time. Thank you for all the great feedback about episode 120, Safety FM Radio Big Edition. That was a fun one to do. And I really do appreciate you guys enjoying some of the music choices and some of the format that was actually there. Thank you for taking the time on Friday to come out and take a listen. So as of for today's episode, it's going to be an interesting one. Today, I have the opportunity of speaking to Caleb Welch. He is the business development director at Avatar Management Services. So this gentleman works for an organization that does some pretty interesting things when it comes to driver safety. But he also has a very similar background when it comes out of the whole world of radio and television. He's recently started a podcast called Safety Rocks. This was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Caleb on. I really think you're going to enjoy what he has to say today. So take a listen to the conversation between Caleb and I here on The Jay Allen Show. And let's get you started down that sequence now. Well, good. I appreciate you actually taking the time to do this because I know that I kind of called you right out of the out of the blue and so I was like, hey, um, how about you come on and you have no clue what I'm going to talk to you about? And most people are always like, well, what are you going to ask me? And you didn't even go down that path, which I, I really love when people do that. I guess it's because I, I, I that's my background, like communications, radio, TV. I'm cool with it. So I'll just I'll run with it, whatever you throw at me. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, really? Okay. So I'm looking for bank account numbers to start off. <laughs> well, okay, let's let's be clear. <laughs> I'll answer questions, but I might deviate the details God. depending on what that question is. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense then. Well, I have to tell you, um, I have actually interacted with Avatar for quite a period of time. Oh, man, I'm trying to look back now. I want to say it's been years. I want to say it's probably close to a decade at this point. So I was very excited when I heard that their podcast was coming out. And then, of course, you came into the picture, which I thought was fantastic. And I started taking a look and was like, I want to know more about Caleb. Yeah. So as I was looking down the path, I was like, okay, so Caleb's there. And how does this whole thing start? How does how do you go to the safety world? I mean, I see that you have a very diverse background. So yep. how does how does the world of safety trigger you all of a sudden in the month of October of 2019? So the way it worked was... Um, I was in a couple different positions throughout retail and uh, I did sales managers positions and membership acquisitions and retention. And I was looking for something local, uh, moving back to Canton from Dayton, Ohio. And I got into a couple retail boxes, but it just, I was kind of over it. I had done retail long enough that I wanted to change. So I found a local company here in Canton that was doing B2B lead generation. Um, you would hold specific accounts uh, with specific clients and you would do uh, lead generation for that company in their, in their specific industry, right? And so I met Avatar as my first client with that company. So I was actually a third-party provider for Avatar running sales. And Derek and I met and he trained me on what it is that they sell, what the industry looks like and who we're targeting. And I was going after deals for them. 
And our relationship grew while I was at that company so well. And I was so successful that he's like, hey, I need to learn more about what it is you're doing because this is working and we love it. I said, great. So we kept a line of communication open. And in that organization that I was working for, I slowly started to move up the ranks. And so I ended up being the business development executive for the entire group that was doing lead generation. So I ended up then being the person that managed the client. So Derek and I's relationship just grew even further because now I'm in charge of the program. I'm coming up with the strategies. I'm building the the content that we're doing on a multi-channel approach. And uh, Derek and I just always had that relationship. And then I decided to make a change um, from that to moving into a little bit of a different field. And um, during that time, Derek and I kept talking and I said, hey, you know, just so you know, if you guys are, you know are looking to do something internal, I've always loved what you guys do. I had a blast working on it. Um, just let me know. And I guess it was right place, right time. Derek called me and said, hey, I'm ready to move. Let's talk. And uh, the rest is history. I've been at Avatar since. So I've kind of known them and worked for them in a couple different ways. And now I'm internal. Well, and the funny part is, don't tell Derek that I like him because I really do like him, but he's one of those guys that I don't think he's ever met a stranger, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. It totally does. And you're right. You're 100% accurate. <laughs> I mean, he he had, I mean, and I'm, he doesn't come across as salesy. And that's the other fun part. Not, you know, trying to, you know, to, to go down this weird path here. But Derek is one of those guys that is so approachable when you actually get to know him. I mean, I remember meeting him. I, I met him over the phone originally, and we had developed such a relationship that I almost felt like he was a close friend. That's how he comes across. It's it it's true. Um, the day I met him, he came to our organization to train me. Um, he brought all the material and a PowerPoint slide, and it was within five minutes. You would have thought we were best friends. I, I mean, mm-hmm. even even my like my managers at the time, because again, this was very very beginning of me starting. I'm, this is my first big account, you know, and, and I'm going to this, I'm, they're going to set me free. Hey, this is your client. You're going to handle it. And Derek and I sat in a room for three hours and it was like, we knew each other the, for, for years and right. we just always had that relationship. So he has, he has a great capability of doing that, which is something else that I love. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that not everyone has, and I don't call it a magic trick, but it's definitely a great skill set on how he does that. So as you start taking a look at the stuff that Avatar is doing, and of course you're already involved for years before you actually step in the door as quote unquote, an employee, mm-hmm. as you're looking at this, how do you go, okay, I've done the retail stuff. I've done the acquisition stuff. The, also the retention portion when it comes to memberships, how does this all of a sudden go? Okay safety is the way that I want to go now with my career. I mean, I know you're enjoying the relationship with Derek and he's kind of opened up to some things with you. So how all of a sudden do you go, okay, this makes sense to me to do business development for, I guess the, really the world of safety. Yeah. It, it wasn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Safety is important, but it oh, wasn't come so on, much. Come on, don't, don't give me a political <laughs> answer. Come on. I no. know. I'll tell you, I used to do retail too. I mean, and I was actually even at one of the big red boxes that you were at at one yeah, point. Yeah, it, it uh, Circuit City. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I was um, there before, before they crashed um, yeah. the whole thing. I mean, I was actually into the market that was going to change the whole thing. I mean, you know how that worked out. Oh, but yeah. No, in, all, in, in all seriousness, though, but let I will tell you before I really started taking big, deep dives into safety. Yeah, I knew it was there, but it was I won't say that that was like, oh, everything revolved around safety. And I'm not saying that everybody has that same mentality, but I don't think that everybody takes the approach of safety once you kind of start getting into it. Mm -hmm. 
as you probably do now compared to what you were doing in the past. And this is just me, you know, an opinion. So to yeah. leave, leave, steer me to the right direction here. So it wasn't, it wasn't about safety. It was about sales. I, okay. They needed, they needed to sell a product that, that teaches safety, that teaches how to change behaviors that helps adults learn differently. And I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by always playing devil's advocate, always being someone on the other side. So when it comes to adults, we're, we're stuck in our ways, right? And our product specifically teaches how to change behaviors of employees. And in the, in return, your company becomes more safe. You you are a safer organization when you use the training methods and the theories that we bring to the table. So they needed somebody to sell that. And I had already been selling a form of that. Now they just have a better product over the years after I had been working for them as a third party. And they said, hey, listen, we need somebody that knows how to bring in a sales strategy and knows how to put these things to, together. You were running an entire division for industries across the board. It wasn't just safety. I was running programs for energy companies and programs for retailers and programs for bankers. And Avatar just happened to land in that wheelhouse when I got started. And so for me, it wasn't it wasn't originally about safety. It was about you guys need a sales guy and you need somebody that knows how to set up a program and help it grow. That's where I fit in. And I already loved the relationship. Once I met the CEO, Mark Gardner, it was a done deal. Uh, he, I, it's funny because we just talked about this, but I fell in love with a company that cares about people more than they care about a profit in the sense that obviously a company has to make money. But if you've met Derek, if you've met Mark, yeah. you are a person first and then a business asset second. And there's not many companies left out there that function that way. So when I say it wasn't about safety, it's not it's not that political answer. It's not, oh, it was time for a change. It was day one I met Derek when I was a third party guy that was going to do sales for him and fell in love with the company and who they are and what they represent. And when they called me to ask me to be internal, it was a no brainer. This is The Jay Allen Show. Hey, I have Bob Edwards on the line, and I wanted him to share some of the classes that he has going on. We started doing some of our human and organizational performance and learning team training using a virtual platform. And we had a request to do one for the Asian Pacific time zone. So we're putting one together in May, but the first two two-hour sessions will be Hop Fundamentals. And the way we set it up for the virtual is we go over each of the five principles and we talk about the basic sort of assumptions that humans have around those five principles. Next session, which is two two-hour sessions, is about learning teams. It's about operational learning, specifically around learning teams. So that's the two classes. We did break it up into four two-hour sessions, but that's uh, what Andrea and I have put together. So just to reiterate what Bob was saying, that's hop training available between 9 and 11 GMT time plus eight. That's 9 and 11 GMT time plus eight. Session one will be on May the 18th and 19th. This will be hop fundamentals. Session two, May 20th and 21st about learning teams. For more information, go to hophub.com org forward slash live dash virtual that's hophub.org forward slash live dash virtual thank you for listening to safety fm we are here to help you in this time of need make sure to join us on patreon forward slash safety fm and we are back on the jay allen show on safety fm
So let's kind of start going down the path there. So you get there, you fall in love, you're liking what you're doing. So now we're talking a few months in at this particular portion. Now let's get into roughly about March of this year. And now we're starting to see a lot of things related to COVID-19. What kind of impact has that had on you? Well, for us, it keeps, it hasn't affected us from a, I guess, from a current business standpoint, new business is different, right? Current business is all about how do we help you guys get through this? Because our, our clients, our customers are essential workers. They're the truck drivers. They're the, they're the transportation industry that's delivering the things that people need right now. And so they have to stay open. Therefore, we need to stay open because our tools and our training and everything that we offer to our current clients and customers are still in play. They're not shutting down. They're in fact growing. They're looking for more drivers because restrictions have been lifted and things have changed for them. They can't hold their quarterly or monthly or even weekly safety meetings in person anymore because of social distancing. So for us, it's, hey, we have all these online tools. We know of training that can be sent out that's self-directed. You don't have to be in a classroom setting like you used to, and we can assist you in staying open. So for us, it's been a great thing. For new clients is where it affected us, right? I We are not the aggressive, normal type of business that you see when it comes to big box or corporate America, if you will. You and I have been in that spot before you're a number or you, they may know your name. No, that's not how we operate. I'm not going to call new prospects and say, Hey, buy my stuff. I know there's some things going on that's affecting the whole world. I don't care. We went a different route and that's how we operate. And it's all about let's stick together. Let's figure out how we can support one another. And here's what we're going to do to, in order to help you. And if you're interested, take advantage of it. If you're not, no big deal. We'll talk later. Um, but I think you'll find value in what we have to offer. And I, it really didn't change a whole lot. It just changed how we market and brand what it is that we actually do. So do you see any kind of changes in technology on how things are delivered? So I know that at one particular portion, items were delivered via DVD. So are you seeing, and then, then it went into the LMS side. Are you seeing things being different? Are is anybody requesting anything out of the ordinary, like, maybe webinars, like live event type of features or anything along those lines, or is business as usual? Um, it's a combination of both. Business is as usual because we've been serving all of our stuff online through an LMS. Um, we're, in fact, our offer right now out on the table is that we're offering our LMS for free for 60 days for anybody that needs it in this interim, because we don't know when we're going to come out of it. We just know we're going to come out of it. Um, but to go back to the other portion of that is that it's still business as usual because a lot of people um, have some form of online communication with their employees. To what extent and do they have a library of training and materials? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. That's where we can help. Um, but it, it's a combination of both. We got out of the DVDs, we went into the online and, and it is changing for people. There's a lot of people that are so used to using paper. Now they don't know what is out there. We're with the way that technology has changed. We're the ones that can offer that change. We can say, Hey, here's what we do. Here's how we can deliver it. And we can have you up and running in 24 hours. Would that help you during this time to communicate with your team and make sure that safety stays as a priority for you? So how did it work out at the very beginning, especially with Ohio having some of the, was one of the first actually states to have some of the biggest restrictions in place in regards of, you know, really not going in for work unless you were an essential worker. How did that work out for you? Were you doing a lot of things from home at that particular time or how did that come about? 
Yeah, actually, everything everything for us has been at home. Um, I haven't been in the office even once since March, I don't know, 22nd, whenever this thing came out. Um, so I've done everything from home. Um, I have a home setup. I have access to all the things that I need. Um, we can deliver everything digitally uh, from contracts to our actual training and access to our LMS. So for me, I, nothing's really changed outside of from a sales perspective. It's it's different, right? And the reason the podcast came about was because, well, if we're not going to be aggressive and I'm not out there making a ton of cold calls and I'm not going after people aggressively, what can I do to make sure that people know that we're here to help, but I'm also not a pushy sales guy? And that's where the podcast kind of came into play, delivering episodes that explain who we are and what we do, what we offer, and just talking about the general rule of thumb in the transportation when it comes to defensive driving, when it comes to training and education. And that's where we, that's where we, we, I guess we flourish because we're able to say, Hey, we're not calling you and saying, buy our product. We're, we're out here just trying to send out tips and tricks, things that you guys can do from home because we know that you're restricted. Take a look at what we do. We're going to give you some free access to it for 60 days so that you can have this and try it. And then from there, my job is to have those conversations with people that are interested and I walk them through the process. So let me ask a strange question there. So when you decide to come up with a podcast, how are you thinking you're going to be able to market this at the time? Because let's let's be real. There's been tons of podcasts that have come out as of late. So how do you know that all of a sudden people are going to be able to find you unless they're looking for Avatar? How does that come about where you go, okay, this is going to be our best solution for the time being? So how does this come about? I don't know that it's our, I don't, I wouldn't say it's my, it's my number one plan. I would say it's a part of our multi-channel approach. Um, the way that I work sales is in correlation to understanding that nobody lives in one channel. Um, email has become the new direct mail 25 years ago, um, and it's inundated. People have just a ton of emails, so it probably gets thrown in the trash. But if, if you live with the email, the phone call, a social media touch, some LinkedIn posts uh, that also include that social media touch, maybe some Facebook ads, and you have a podcast, you have a better likeliness that someone's going to find you on one of those channels and driving them to the podcast where they don't have to deal with me cold calling them and interrupting their day, but they can listen to what it is that I do, what it is that our company can offer to them, what it is that Avatar has on the table. That's where the podcast kind of came about was this is the perfect time to let people come to us through our multi-channel approach without an aggressive sales um, approach, I guess. It, it's the best word I can say. Well, I've heard that robocalling is a thing, too. I mean, you could add that into your chain. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I've been in that world. Uh, the, the lead generation company I was in, uh, part of that business was telemarketing to some degree um, in a different area that I did not work in. And I'm the guy that blocks those calls, too. And we know that that's annoying. Um, so a lot of the cold calls when I make it are they're directed, they're targeted, they're very specific. I've done my research. I don't make a call without at least knowing something about the company and whether or not I'm a good fit. Um, the biggest mistake salespeople make is they think that everybody needs their product. And although that's a great theory for a business, you want everyone to buy your product. It's not sustainable. It's not, it's not something that is repeatable and that grows your company. Because when you think that everybody needs your product, you've missed 
the idea of what you're supposed to be doing. Our job, our, our motto at Avatar is we're making the world a safer place. We want to make the world a safer place. I can't make the world a safer place if you don't like what we do or it's not a focus. And I can't change your mind on that. So I need to find the people out there that are always striving to put safety first. And those are the people that I want to talk to. Hey, I don't care if you buy my product or not. I want to know what you're doing to make the world a safer place because that's our number one goal. If you have that same interest, then I probably have something that could assist whatever efforts you already have in place. This is The Jay Allen Show. At Hop University, we cut the bullshit out of human and organizational performance training. We were born out of necessity. We hear it all the time. Human and organizational performance courses are expensive and hard to find. Safety classes put me to sleep. Help. So we did. We offer on-demand, high-quality online courses in human and organizational performance, safety, and leadership, all led by seasoned safety and hot practitioners. No need to schedule time for that conference. No need to track down the latest guru. And no stuffy classroom required. Join us today at hopuniversity.org. That's H-O-P university.org. So have I told you about this one? I know that this one's actually coming up this week. So Sheldon Primus from the Safety Consultant Podcast and Abby Ferry from the Safety Justice League are going to be doing something special and a little intimate on Thursday, May the 14th at 7 p.m. An EHS look at reopening America's workplaces. This is going to be a live virtual roundtable discussion, live stream and audio on Safety FM. Also, we'll be doing a video stream as well on safetyfm.tv. People that are going to be doing the roundtable. Sheldon Primus, host of the Safety Consultant Podcast, Abby Ferry from the Safety Justice League, Kevin Yarbrough, former OSHA Area Assistant Director, Jake Wolfendine, Summit Safety Group. So if you do get an opportunity, tune in on Thursday, May the 14th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, streaming on safetyfm.com and safetyfm.live. That's the audio version, or you can go to safetyfm.tv. Now, keep in mind that we do have some chat boxes available there. So you can interact with the box. We can go back and forth, have some conversations, and see what we can come up with. Anyways, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM. And that's the listener. See you then, May 14th, 7 p.m. Thank you for listening to Safety FM. We are here to help you in this time of need. Make sure to join us on Patreon forward slash Safety FM. And we are back on the Jay Allen Show on Safety FM. Well, and it's interesting that that's the approach because uh, let's be real, when it comes to certain salespeople, it's mostly like, oh, no, 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 we have to push it with whatever, whatever form that you can. So it's good to hear or it's refreshing to hear that you don't, you're not going through every channel and that you are realizing that certain channels are not the best way to go about it. Because I'll tell you, I hate robocalls. I also hate people sending me stuff on Messenger to, to give me an ad. Like all of a sudden you'll have a LinkedIn connection mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you get jammed up with, oh, my God, here's this very long message of everything that I sell. And this is what my brother's size underwear is at the same time, too. And it's like, I don't need that kind of information. Exactly. And you're not wrong there, Jay. Um, I, I get it, too. You, somebody connects with me on LinkedIn and, and you think that it's just like, oh, they must have seen something they liked. And I connect with them. And the next thing you know, it's a page pitch on what they sell to me. And I'm going, that's that's not the way you should operate. If you want my attention, make it short and sweet. Tell me what the pitch is. 
And, and if I'm interested, I'm going to dive into your website. I'm going to see what information you have. I'm going to research it. Then I'll reach out. And I realized that early on in the B2B lead generation side of things that that's how people buy now. And, and we have to watch for buying signals and we have to be cautious. And so when I came to Avatar and we started talking about what they've tried in the past versus what's going to work now, you know, there's no, there's no magic to it. I, there's no silver bullet on this. Everybody buys differently. But if you, if you sell with the right attitude and the right approach, they're not buying your product. They're buying you. They believe in what you believe in. You find the people that have the same passions as you. And that's something that you can't teach. Um, you either have passion for what you do or you don't. Um, you're, you're probably a good example, Jay. You're very good at what you do. You have a passion to speak and talk and, and share ideas and opinions and reach an audience. When you love what you do, it's not a job. And literally, my last episode of our podcast with Derek um, is going to be about an hour and a half. I haven't launched it yet, but this is what we talked about was it's not a job when you love what you do. And that's that's the key part of all of this. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And thanks for making that particular reference. Now, I have to ask you, though, if you don't mind, you took a, such a different approach when you actually started the podcast. Because you took the approach of the podcast of actually taking deep dives with the people that you work with, which is very uncommon for something that's actually released to the general public. Mm -hmm. You took almost the approach of something that would be normally released internally inside of a company. So why did you decide to go down this particular path opposed to doing what other people do and just either do like a sales pitch that that's what the marketing department wants for the podcast to be? Why did you decide to go with? Let's go with backstories and exactly what the people do inside of the organization, especially for something that you're releasing into the public. Sure. So there's there's two things with that, but I'm going to be fully transparent. Never done a podcast before. Uh, went to school for radio and TV, and uh, I've listened to a few that I enjoy, but a podcast is semi-new to me. There were two thoughts behind it, though, is... One from the research that I've I've found, and and I could be wrong, so because again I'm I'm new. Um, people buy into a character, they buy into a host, they buy into the person speaking. Um, I have a good buddy of mine that listens to a lot of podcasts, and the first thing he said was, "There are times that the the shows I like talk about things I have no interest in, and I listen to every single minute of that podcast because I like the person." So my first thought was okay, how do I get people to fall in love with who we are as an organization? They need to know who our people are. Sure, it's great internally to talk about some of the things maybe we have or dive into those backstories, but if people don't know who we are and how and why we operate, what gives them the urge to listen to the next episode? The second thought was, how do I prove that we're subject matter experts and really do have all of our ducks in a row and know what we're talking about if I don't give you the background of how things have started, how we came about, and what we've done for other people along the way? And so those were the two thoughts that I had to kind of say, even if it's a short, very first part of our series as I dive into this and learn more as I go, I want people to know that what we're going to cover and what we're going to talk about, the subject topics that are going to be brought up on our podcast actually have weight to them. I need them to know how they came about, what we do to vet them and know that these these theories or these techniques work was to just go, okay, let's just talk to each person in organization and show what it is that their their job is. What is their role? How do they come into play in Avatar when you engage with us? And that was that was really where I started. 
Well, the interesting part too is that if the same, for instance, when you have some of the clients that are taking a listen, you should almost even plug what actual episodes or content there the people that you're talking to are in. I think that they might get a kick out of that of, hey, a guy's been in this, Derek was in this. If you look at this particular post, because I think that it's something that's interesting because you don't always know who you're talking to that's on the other on the other side of the line or who you're emailing back and forth with. So at least that actually does some associations between the name and the face. Yeah, and I I I don't want to give any I don't want to give any spoilers out, but um, I'm calling it series two of the podcast. Uh, when we come out, there's going to be an uh, I'm going to be adding an extra segment that's really going to hit home with. Um, some things out there. I'll be talking about it probably in the next couple of weeks, um, releasing some of that information, but we're going to do some extra segments. We are going to dive in a little deeper. We're going to actually bring on some of our current clients and not just the VPs or the people that we deal with. We're going to bring on some of the people that have been through this training on a personal level and talk about the experiences they have. So without giving away too much, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we want to get into that realm and start doing that. But uh, again, I wanted to set the podcast up for anybody that wanted to know who we are and what we do to prove that we also know what we're talking about. I wanted them to have that information. I think it gives us more of a personal touch than most people are willing to go after. So let me ask this a couple strange things here. Why did you decide to go with season opposed to just straight up episodes? I know that some people do the seasons. Why did you decide to go with that? I, again, I because I'm new, it was all about I mean, it, it, for me, it's trial and error, right? I don't I don't know what I'm doing some to some degree. And I'm open doing the club. I have no clue what I'm doing either. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. So I went, you know what? I know a lot of people call a season a whole year, but I thought, you know what? What's what's it going to hurt? I'm going to give you a quick six or seven episode informational. Here's who Avatar is. Here are the people that work for Avatar. Let you hear who we are and our backstories, how we got to the, the positions we're all in. And then I'm going to go into now let's talk about the product. Let's talk about real people using the product. And I felt like that needed a big separation. So I went with, OK, season one is who we are, what we do. It's a, it's a summary with some detail and makes us the subject matter experts season two and whatever it comes after that is going to be, let's talk to everybody out there using it. Let's talk about other safety issues. Let's talk about people that are using some things that we don't necessarily have right off the bat. Um, we do a lot of different things and we work in a lot of different ways. It's our main focus is defensive driving and safety, but we've done things for OSHA regulations and other parts of the safety world that we have IP on, we have ways to deliver it, but it's not as refined because those are custom projects. If I want somebody to be interested in that, I've got to start explaining how we've done that with other companies, which is why I felt like here's the background of how we got to where we're at. Now, let me show you how we can fit to almost any safety need and talk about where that lands everybody and, and find out what people are doing out there that is working and what they're doing out there that needs help. And can we be the person that helps? Maybe we can't, but that goes back to, I will tell you if I don't feel we can help you that you're not a good fit for us. That's okay with me. And there's not too many salespeople out there that do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Most people do not take that approach whatsoever. It's that commission or how I can close a sale. That's really the important part is normally what it boils down to. I appreciate you actually being that honest about it because most people wouldn't be. Now, let me ask this because going into the podcasting world is much different than actually being in the broadcast world. Yes. So with your background in broadcasting, 
How have you enjoyed this process so far? Because there's some differentials there on how you do the broadcast to compose to how you do a podcast. So are you enjoying the process? I, I am absolutely in love with this. Um, you know, when you go to, I guess when you make decisions like I did, which was, I don't know that I want to go to a four-year college. I don't know what I want to study, but I do know that I really enjoy communications and I really enjoy radio. Um, which was my main focus. I mean, it, we, we did some TV stuff. Um, you know, we, we did newscasts and different things we had to put together for projects, but I really fell in love with the radio side of things. You, you think about what that path looks like and, and let's just, let's just cut it all down. You're going to be somebody's, you know, gopher for a couple years, if not longer. Oh, you went so PG. That's not what came to mind when you were about to say <laughs> that. Go ahead. I know. Um, <laughs> you're going to be somebody's gopher. You're going to be getting coffee. You're going to be putting in a bunch of time to maybe land what the midnight show or the early morning show that nobody's listening to. And by the time you've put in eight, nine, 10, 12, sometimes even longer years of that work, you might land yourself in a decent paying morning show or drive time show. And as much as I loved that, I just didn't know if I wanted to stick with it that long to get where that would land you. So the quick answer was, okay, you're good at communications. You're good at talking to people. Can you sell? And I quickly found out that I could. So I jumped into retail. Retail pays you well because they take your soul um, because your hours suck. (laughs) (laughs) You you, No different than radio jobs. Let's be real here, because when it comes to actual retail, you still have to jump from market to market if you really want to make it up in that retail world. If you really want to go up most of those, most of those pass inside of retail. And that's no different than how it is in radio. In radio, you normally would have to go from one market, from maybe being the midnight guy, as you're saying, to maybe moving up to doing maybe the mid, the midday shift. And you have to jump from market to market and be willing to move, which I think retail has a, a lot to do with that same market style. And I will tell you, I have probably met more dish jockeys when I was in my retail career than what I have actually had at radio stations. It was people that were Oh, I used to be the secretary or the assistant and I moved up and now I'm now I'm doing the on the air stuff. And it was like, what? What just happened here? Yeah, that's very confusing, too, because that's I, I noticed that in the industry. You're not wrong. I go, wait, you mean that isn't what you were planning to do your entire <laughs> life? Like you just you fell into the How does that work and why is that happening? But to your point about retail being the same, I think you're right. It absolutely hour wise and and market-wise, you're bouncing around. I think the biggest difference, though, is, and maybe times have changed since I was really looking into the industry, but I believe that retail will just pay you more because there's more profitability depending on which company you're working for. So what's the easier answer? Make more money and have the same type of schedule or bust bust your chops and grind for 15 plus years to make what you could make almost starting out in retail. I, that's where those decisions probably make a big difference. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's almost exactly what I ran into. I was actually working retail, still going to school to become a broadcaster, quote unquote. And I was offered a job in a different market, making less money than what I was making in retail. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I waited several years before I jumped into it full time because I was so hesitant about, oh, the money's not going to match, but that was just my idea of doing that at the time. Yeah, it, that's that's exactly my point is I got offered, I was 21 and I got offered a management position in a big retail store, um, 
one of the largest out there. Uh, and the money compared to radio, even if I were to land, let's say a, a morning show was almost equivalent. And I went, I'm 21 and I already have the opportunity to make that same amount of money versus a, a you know, five plus year grind to get where I want to be on the radio side. I'll just stick with retail for now. And outside of the hours, there wasn't much difference except the money. So I, I went after the money, of course. Now, would I make the same decision again? I don't know. I probably, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I still loved what I did. I got to interact with people on a daily basis. I got to communicate. Um, I learned a lot and it, I think that everything happens for a reason. So I'm, I'm where I'm at because of those experiences. So I don't know that I would change it. Um, but you're, you're definitely on point there. I, it, it, I did the same thing you did, which was no, I'm not traveling across the country for what I could make here, if not more, doing what I'm doing. Well, then I ended up taking the stupid path and actually started moving around for retail. So that's a whole other story. <laughs> well, yeah. you probably make that very long and drawn out. So, how, so right now, what aspect are you in love with the most with this whole thing with Avatar? I mean, what is it that you wake up every day and you go, this is what I want to accomplish because I like X so much? Um, it, I, I believe fullheartedly, this is how I've treated retail. And I, I think it's the other reason why I didn't move the way I wanted to move in retail. So it's going to sound like a, a cliche answer, but I, I promise you it is literally the truth. My number one goal in life and who I am as a person is to help others. I Maybe to my own fault sometimes, but my, my goal is I want to help people. And what Avatar does and how they do it is exactly what I fell in love with. There are people out there trying to build a better safety culture, trying to do things to make sure that their employees arrive back home to their families every single night safely, unharmed, without accidents, without injuries, without costing the company money. And we are able to do that. Um, I uh, We have a number that we can actually count, but there's probably thousands more out there that we can't, but Avatar over the course of their existence has helped save over a million lives. To me, that's the most important key factor versus anything that I can sell you, anything that I can do. And in retail, I felt like I was always helping somebody. So I, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed what I did, but this brought it to a whole nother level. I mean, I felt like I'm actually making a difference every day I wake up by making the call to say, hey, I know things might not be going the way you want. You might be seeing a high accident, you know, frequency. You might be seeing some cost of loss on on the back end of your PL. What if I told you I can help you save 20% of that? What if I told you we can make sure that your people get home safer every night and that you don't have to deal with some of these things? To me, that is the reason behind what I do. I, I'm helping save lives and I'm helping companies become more safe, more I guess, people aware of what's out there, what's going on. And that's where I live, man. Now, Caleb, if people want to know more about you and the podcast, where can they go? They can go to avatarms.com. Uh, we have all of our uh, Safety Rocks podcasts right there on our website. But if you wanted to find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can find Safety Rocks there as well. Each episode has all my contact information, but uh, for anybody wanting to get a hold of me, it's cwelch at avatarms.com. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the show today. Caleb. Jay, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day and uh, I'd like to do it again sometime. Well, thank you for taking another listen of the Jay Allen Show. 
Thank you for always being the greatest part of Safety FM, and that is the listener. I want to thank some of the special people out there that wanted it all, and also known as our executive producers here on The Jay Allen Show. I'd like to thank Alex V, Lexi K, Mercedes S, Steve W, Glenn A, Ralph L, and David M. Thank you for your contributions and really giving some direction to what the show should sound like. We'll be back with another episode of The Jay Allen Show before too long. Goodbye for now. Want more of The Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.